This is episode number 140 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Standard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to help you build strong teams while growing a successful business. Hey, this week, I'm interviewing leadership expert Amy Mabry, who just published a, a paper about how to update your resume and your LinkedIn profile, make those things more effective. If you are one of those people who have recently been downsized or looking to do something new, then, and you're looking for a way to kind of market yourself a little bit better, Amy's advice can be really, really helpful. By the way, the episode is brought to you by leadersinstitute.com. We've got in-person leadership development classes coming up in Arlington, Texas. The next one is in April. So if you want to develop self-confidence or learn how to motivate and inspire your team and become a better coach that can help your team become more effective and efficient, uh, don't miss the two-day high-impact leaders course in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, it's very close to the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. So for details, just go to leadersinstitute.com slash leadership dash course. All right, Amy, welcome to high-impact leaders. Thank you so much, Doug. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Hey, so uh, so I kind of mentioned in the intro that you've recently written a, a paper about how to update your resume and and really be more effective on LinkedIn and that kind of thing. And so I wanted to delve in just a little bit to some of the things that you're kind of suggesting that that people do. Uh, I know that at least right now, they're, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing on the news and, and people are, are kind of getting a little concerned about downsizing and possibly, you know, being laid off and, and that kind of thing. And so for some of us, you know, we haven't been in the work, we haven't been in the job search market anyway for quite a while. And so it may be a little different today than what it was the last time we got to send our resumes out and put together our LinkedIn profiles and, and that kind of thing. So um, before we kind of get started, though, just kind of tell, tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you got into speaking and training and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my background really started in sales. Um, you know, I had over 10 years of experience in, um, you know, business development and all that good stuff. And um, when I got over to the Leaders Institute and realized what I was selling, um, it was it was exciting. And going to one of the events for the first time and really kind of sit, getting my eyes set on what we did, I realized just how much I, I enjoy um, the facilitation. Now, actually, the reason I wanted you to kind of just the reason I wanted you to, kind of, to give you the background, because sometimes you kind of you kind of, um, you know, put the, put some of the most important parts of your of your experience uh, by by the side. But you you dropped out of the workforce for quite a while to raise your kids and then came back, what, 15 years later and and picked mm -hmm. up where so you were at the executive level and in, in a in a in a big retail company and then you know became the stay-at-home mom then came back and and so for for folks that are kind of going through that transition like what what kind of advice could you give them to kind of help them get get back into the flow of things and and uh, and get back and get you know basically learn how to remarket themselves maybe after 10 or 15 years of of um of not having to do that kind of thing yeah, and and that can be challenging. And when you have that, you know, sort of a donut hole uh, in your resume, so to speak, it, it's it's important to put yourself ahead of the rest, 
And right. one, you know, and one of the biggest tricks I've learned, you know, by doing that, when you go in to a job interview or preparing for that is to make yourself be the most appealing. And the secret to that really is to figure out what it is that they are looking for. If if there's a position open, then there's a problem. They're trying to solve it. And how do you solve their problem? So I figured out early on in my search that the resume really shouldn't be all about me. Um, I don't necessarily want to showcase everything that I can do. What I want to do is provide the interviewer. How can I help solve their problem? Right. And, yeah. And and by the way, you're not saying that experience isn't important. I know that, but but you're you're kind of saying that hey, everybody's going to brag on their resume about how great they are. And most of the time, I've seen a bunch of resumes come across my desk, and I, I we have to take all of them with a grain of salt. Well, people are only going to talk about their most effective and most important things that they've done on the resume. But when I see one like what you're talking about, where where they the the thing that's on the resume is a solution to a problem that I have. I'm I'm looking at that one more closely. That's the one that that I'm interested in, right? Correct. Absolutely. Again, it's all about, you know, you know, for you know, from the interviewer standpoint, you know, will hiring this particular person help me solve problems? Right. Or will hiring this person cause more problems? <laughs> right. Don't want right. to be on the latter end of that, right? <laughs> so, so how do we do that? All right. So, how do we find out what the problem is that the person is is experiencing? What experiencing? What what? Uh, how do we kind of do? We have to guess or. No, believe it or not, it's usually right there in front of you. If you look at the job posting, it's probably going to be in the first couple of sentences what they're looking for. So you want to look at the job, you search job posting and look for the clues. So, you know, work required skills. What are those? And what I like to say, too, is sometimes terminology can change. You want to use the terms that are in the job posting. Sure. When you're putting it, you know, for your specific skills. Sure, that's um, funny. But it's funny that you mentioned that because I can like the last time that I did one of these things, we we're like I was looking for a marketing person for my for our our website, and I I kind of like to think of myself as being a pretty good kind of website expert. I just needed somebody to to kind of help that had the the skills. And it was funny because I actually put in the first line of the job description, our CEO is a search engine optimization expert. He's willing to train the the right person and everything, thinking that that would be a dead giveaway. No, it wasn't. You know, I got so many weird resumes where they were talking about how they could use builder programs and all that kind of stuff. It was total. I, I, and I, but it was interesting because I was able to exclude a bunch of the people that were applying just because they didn't take the time to actually read the job description to figure out what it was that I was kind of looking for. I, I'm assuming you've kind of seen the same type of thing, right? Yeah. And, you know, so if I were going to apply, you know, if I, if I see something, our CEO is an expert at SEO and it says required skills or, I don't know, um, Google page speed insights. Right. Yeah, exactly. um, I don't know, rich text format schema, right? The, that exact terminology is going to be in my resume. Right. Going to go to the top of the list. Oh, wow. This person is exactly what I'm looking for. Let me, let me chat with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and okay. So, the, and that leads me to the next question I want to ask you as well, because uh, I know one of the things that you're a big believer in is 
uh, not just sending out the generic resume for every single job that you're applying for. It that drives me nuts. It drives me nuts when I I find somebody that might actually be a good potential fit. And then when I call them up, they say, okay, now which company are you again? And, and, mm-hmm. and what was the job that I'm, uh, that I'm, I'm like, oh my God, if you don't know what the job was and what I was looking for, then you bought you just automatically excluded yourself right now. Right. So, and the resume is really the first place where people can customize that, that presentation to the specific person that they're presenting to. Right. Correct. And your resume is going to be different for each company that you apply for because you're going to customize it. Like I was just saying, you're going to make sure that that exact verbiage that they're looking for is going to be in your resume. So. Hey, so Amy, you kind of mentioned in your post about the, uh, the hierarchy that people have when they're, when they're hiring somebody and that I, that was fascinating when I, when I kind of read this, because it's, it's one of those things that most people don't take into account when they start to create their resume and they they certainly don't reiterate it when they're going in for the interview and that kind of thing. So tell us what the hierarchy is and how we can use that to our advantage when we're customizing the resume for for a specific person or company. Sure. Yeah, Doug. So, you know, most of the time, well, you know, every hiring manager is is going to have that specific hierarchy of wants or needs. And again, you know, it's right there in the posting. Uh, For example, if if the posting is for a sales manager um, and they're looking for somebody that can be a hunter, that can go out, win new business, specifically, you know, hunting, winning new business, not farming, you know, current accounts, then you're going to want to, or I would want to um, outline how I can do that. And I would want to present evidence, uh, um, you know, when I have gone out and done that and when I have been successful at doing that, Uh, you know, because if you don't, if you don't pay attention to exactly what they're looking for in that hierarchy of needs, your resume is not going to make it. You're not going to make the cut. It's it's funny because like a a lot of times people will say, well, do I have to guess? And most of the time the answer is no, right? It's right there in the job posting. It'll say skills needed, blank, 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 right? And and at least I know when I'm creating one of these things, I don't haphazardly put those in just a generic order. (laughs) I typically put the most important thing at the top and the second most important thing at the second and third and that kind of thing, right? So so which makes it a whole lot easier when we're doing that resume, when we're creating the resume, say, okay, well, if that's the the skill that is that is at the highest level or that they're they're most interested in, then I better actually tell them how I can how I have that skill and kind of prove to it. Right. That's, I mean, that's, that's really kind of what, what you're suggesting, right? Correct. I mean, and the the requirements are are huge clues Mm -hmm. as to the criteria that the decision maker is going to use to make the hiring decision. So, yeah, going back to that example, I was saying because well, it's just the most recent in my head when uh, I was looking for the the website person. I mean, I, I think I put in there. I think I put um, like number two. The second thing I remember was that the ability to code, you know, or to to write code, uh-huh. um, and it was that was an important thing was because the person who I was replacing was overly overly used like the website builder things, you know, those um, the the um, the the um, auto generated kind of um, the website type things, and it created just a cr- tremendous amount of wasted code and slowed down the websites and and that kind of thing. And I was shocked at the few number of people who actually e- even 
could explain to me that they could actually do the code and make it make it faster. It was it was shocking to me, but it made it a whole lot easier for me to pick the right person because I only had, you know, out of the hundred or people, a hundred or so people that applied for the job, uh, there were only three or four of them that actually showed me that they had that skill. And once they did, then I could pick the one that I like the best, right? So, so I, right. I guess that's the important thing is we don't want to get excluded right off the bat just because they're not sure if we have that skill. Okay, and something that you said a few minutes ago kind of hit me that I think is really important, and I, and and it was kind of subtle when you said it, but I think it's something that we may want to reinforce a little bit is that you're not just applying for the company; you're actually applying with a person too. There is a person that's doing the interview, and that that person is the person that is having the problems and the and the challenges right so so a lot of times we kind of think if we're applying that we we want to show them how much we know about the company and and how we're a good fit for the company and how my experience can help the company but and sometimes we kind of forget that the person that we're applying to a lot of times is the boss that that's going to be hiring us and a lot of times we need to tailor our delivery and our resume for that person too right yeah, absolutely. Because again, you're there to help them solve a problem with you know what you bring to the table. So how do you how what what so how do you do that? I guess is what I'm asking. So how do you, how do you how do you customize your resume to a person and not a company? So uh, we got a hiring manager. What do I how do I find out more about that hiring manager and customize our resume for that person? You absolutely want to do. You want to look that person up. You know, if they if they are a hiring manager for you know a big organization, then you're going to be able to find them uh, specifically on LinkedIn. So right. you want to do a Google a Google search for the interviewer. Um, most of the time, it's going to pop up on LinkedIn. But you also want to do a Google search on that interviewer's title, because doing that in each of these searches, it's going to give you clues as to what the company and the interviewer value. Right. Um, the last search, though, is going to help you better uncover problems that that specific interviewer might be experiencing. That's so, yeah. yeah, and for so, for example, let's say that the title is um, I don't know, talent developer, right? right? So when I insert that title into Google, I'm going to get the following titles and the results. Perhaps why talent developers are the most important people in your company, or you know, are you a talent developer or talent waster? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> each, each of these articles can kind of give you insights as to what challenges the interviewer may experience day to day. Right. Yeah. So, so even if we can't find that specific person, maybe the LinkedIn profiles only give their experience and that kind of thing. If we can find out their title, we do some research about that title and what exactly that title entails. What does that, per, what is that res- person responsible for? What are the, and then Sometimes we might be guessing about what the challenges are. Sometimes we might be guessing as to what what the problems are, but it's a more educated guess than if we just kind of shoot in the dark, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, and when you're updating your resume, you want to pay attention as well to the cover letter. You want to customize the cover letter and the resume for the person who's actually going to read it. And so to do this, just try to put yourself in the shoes of the person who is making the hiring decision. And, you know, just kind of ask yourself, well, you know, if I were this person, what challenges might I be experiencing? And and keeping in mind that this really is just a guessing game, right? So going back to the talent developer example, you know, what challenge might this person have that hiring me could fix? 
Uh, this person works for a multinational company as a talent developer. She's likely responsible for helping the entire team develop new skills, right? So um, she may have challenges with the different cultural norms. So if the applicant can show the interviewer he, how he or she could help reduce or fix these challenges, right. the applicant will be viewed favorably. Right. Yeah, good deal. And I know that I know we've delved a lot into the resume and stuff, and uh, but I know that your kind of real expertise is on LinkedIn. I mean, that's where you, yeah. you, I know you, not only are you good at creating these LinkedIn profiles, but you use LinkedIn a lot to yes. generate business and to generate clients and that that kind of thing. So so um, give us just a few, just in uh, in closing, kind of some of the, the key pointers that folks might want to keep in mind when they're updating or creating a LinkedIn profile that's going to get you viewed in a more positive way when somebody finds you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so you better believe that the first thing that hiring managers or, or interviewing managers are going to do is they're going to look you up. Right. They, they want to see who they're talking to. Yep. Um, and I, you know, I've learned quite a few tricks and tips and techniques on LinkedIn and really and truly when you, when you hear them, you're going to be like, what? That's all I have to do. They're very basic, but you want to stand out on LinkedIn. Um, and so one of the first things I tell people to do is we'll go into, you know, a little bit about um, how to make it look good, how to make it stand out. Sure. But uh, for example, putting, have you ever been on LinkedIn yeah, yeah, sure. and you see some people have that big blue bright ring or a colored ring around their profile photo? Right, right. Yeah. It's huge when you're going through and, and hiring managers and going through LinkedIn and going through the feed, when they see one like that, it just kind of draws your eyes. Right. And, so and that's, I know that's the hiring one. Is that the one that says I'm I'm open to work? Is that the one that you're talking about? Or is that something? No, totally... no. it's something okay. different. Put that on there, but also accentuate your profile photo with a big bright blue or a bright yellow or red. I didn't even know you could do that. That's cool. Yes. Okay. So you can actually yes. put, add a color to the photo. Okay. All right. Good. Deal. Yeah. Utilizing, there's a lot of free apps out there that you can use too, by the way, uh, that I I highly encourage people to do because most of these, you get seven day free trial, get on there, you know, fix it up. And I'll say I've used those and like, okay, used it for just a week, but some of them are actually quite useful, such as Canva. Canva, uh, yeah. yeah. And so you can get on there and, and kind of um, do the brightly colored ring for your, uh, for your profile photo. Right. Now, the other thing though, that I like to go into, it's really important is your banner. Um, your banner is very important on LinkedIn for several reasons, but one, one thing people don't think to do is to really put a wealth of information in that banner about mm -hmm. what you bring to the table. So for example, a quick blurb about this is, you know, this is how you help solve problems, or this is, you know, with your level of expertise, but um, also, in, believe it or not, putting contact information, putting mm. a website um, on your banner tells people, you know, everything. Because if, if you think about it, your LinkedIn is about you. But mm. if you're trying to, uh, I don't know, maybe you've got some blogs out there and you really want to kind of prove that you are the expert in your specific field, you can put uh, a link right there in your banner for people to click. 
So one of the things I'd like to go into next is really important. Um, it's a great trick I learned is it's a, it concentrates on the about me section in LinkedIn. And this is an opportunity, especially for those that are creatives out there that really like to write like I do. Um, it's it's a great way to draw them in and make them continue reading. So, for example, if you were to look at my uh, at my LinkedIn the in my about me section, it's going to go something like this. I thought my life was over the day that girl pulled a dirty slide tackle from behind and every single person in the stands heard my knee pop. What am I going to do now? I screamed up to the sky. I'd never even considered a life or a career that didn't consist of soccer. And I almost gave up. If it's just something simple, like I've been in sales for 14 years, I have worked for rattling off statistics or facts. Right. Is not going to draw somebody in, but something like a story or, you know, an experience that now you've got him hook, line yeah. and sinker. So I yeah, highly encourage. Yeah. Well, it's kind of it's kind of like what they used to say. I'm old. So I, I remember like the days of TV and where, you know, at the end of the, like, it, it's kind of like a hook, you know, like a lot of times at the beginning, if you watch the old TV shows on, on uh, Netflix or Paramount or whatever, they'll, they'll usually do like a little, I don't know, like 60 second or two minute kind of intro. And then all of a sudden they, they, they do the credits and, and at the right before the credits, it's like, um, you're like, Oh my God, what just happened? And how did that, how did we get to that point? What, you know, I remember like old shows like alias and some of those other ones that, that, um, they used to do that all the time. It was like a, a hook, you know, it was like a marketing hook that they were using to try to keep you in. So you're saying use your about me part, of the of LinkedIn to kind of create that initial marketing hook so that people want to read a little bit more about you and that kind of thing. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um it it it's worked well for me. And you know, the people in the last class that I taught on interviewing skills and the re- resume they're like, "Wow, I never even <laughs> never considered that before." So, good stuff. Um the uh, the other thing that I would, you know, highly encourage you to do on LinkedIn is to really get busy with your endorsements and your recommendation section. Uh, sure. Um, anybody and everybody that you work with or have, you know, had a connection with, you know, reach out, endorse them, um, give them some kudos and ask them, you know, for the same in return. But on that note, when you're talking about your skills on LinkedIn, you really want to kind of cut out the basics. Like everybody knows how to use Microsoft Word. Everybody knows how to use Microsoft Excel. You don't want to, you know, muddy your skill set on LinkedIn with things of that nature. So I would encourage you to really Take a deep dive into whatever specific industry or role that you're looking at and those top five um, skill sets that they're looking for, put those on there and get everybody that you can that you've worked with and that it can attest to your abilities to, to endorse you there. And then once you get those endorsements and those recommendations, then because the more you've got, the better. Right. And so then you want to get busy on LinkedIn and you want to be commenting lots of activity. Go uh, sign up, not just on the the homepage um, or the regular feed, if you will, but sign up and join all the groups out there. There's so many groups on LinkedIn that um, are catered for your specific industry that you can join. And the more activity that you can generate, obviously, um, you know, that people are going to come back and they're going to say, Oh, what is she doing? What is he doing? What, you know, how can they, how can they help me here with my problem? 
Nice. And by the way, Amy's got tons of these tips on, on her post. You can, you can find that post on leadersinstitute.com slash resume. That'll, that'll, that'll pull you over there. Um, you can also have her contact information if you want to ask her questions or, or anything like that. Uh, so Amy, thanks a lot for being a part of High Impact Leaders. It's been great. Thanks for having me, Doug.